soup. Jacob made a meal and he knew he had a deal. When Esau saw the soup, Esau saw the soup. 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 I just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. Now, son, eat more slowly. Chew your food. It'll digest better. We're in a hurry. We don't want to miss any of the opening ceremonies. And they're supposed to begin in a little while now. There's plenty of time, son. We're all going. All Jerusalem and most of Israel will be there. So just sit back, both of you, and eat your breakfast. Pass me the milk, please. What all are they going to do today anyway? Oh, they're going to start building the temple. Start building it? I thought they've been building it for four years. No, they've just been getting the materials ready. Oh, it certainly took them a long time just to get things ready to build. Four years. How long will it take to actually build a temple? Oh, I doubt if anyone knows the answer to that. Probably years and years. Pass the pomegranates, please. Can we watch them build the temple every day? Yeah, ask your mother. May we, mother? Well, it all depends. If, if you get all of your work done and the officials don't mind, I guess there'd be no harm in going to watch. I'm through eating. Let's go now before we miss something. Where are we going first? Oh, I suppose to the top of Mount Moriah. There's supposed to be a few speeches before the real activities begin. to get such a good view of the temple site. Father, who is that there, the one with the bright purple coat? That, my son, is King Solomon. Is he going to make a speech? No one knows for sure who's going to speak and who isn't. There's someone going up to the speaker's platform now. Who is he? I don't know, but if we listen, I'm sure we'll find out. He looks like he's some sort of... We want to hear what's going on. Both of you, be quiet now. Lords, ladies, princes... People of Israel, it is my great pleasure to obey my sovereign and give you a brief word picture of the temple that is to be built here on top of Mount Moriah. It is not to be inhabited by man, but by God, the one and only living God, the God of creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our God. He still hasn't said who he is. It has been 480 years since our forefathers were delivered from Egyptian bondage. During most of that time, our God has dwelt in a tabernacle of cloth. The ark of God has had no permanent home, but has been shifted about like some idol of wood or stone. The building of the temple that is to begin today on this spot will change all that. The Ark of God shall rest in the most holy room, the dimensions of which are to the perfect cube, 34 feet wide, 34 feet long, and 34 feet high. The entire room shall be overlaid with the purest of gold. The outstretched wing of one cherubim shall touch the gold wall on one side 
while one wing of the other cherubim shall touch the wall on the other side. The other wings of each cherubim shall touch each other in the center of the room. Let's go look around. This is interesting. Yes, let's do. I think I agree. This isn't very interesting. Where do you want to go? Oh, just look around. You can show us things and tell us about them. All right, come on. I think they're for the foundation of the temple. You see, the temple is going to be built somewhat different than most buildings. First, they're going to level off the site, then dig great ditches and put those stones into the level of the ground for a strong and indestructible foundation. They're so big, the stones. It doesn't seem like they could even move them. Do you notice that each stone has a number on it? What yes. are the numbers for? Each piece of material, stone, wood, gold, everything is cut to fit. That's what they've been doing for the last four years. When they build the temple, all they have to do is put the pieces in place according to number, and it's built. It will be a silent, quiet, reverent scene. Not the sound of a hammer or saw or an axe anywhere. The man who planned all this did the figuring so the pieces would fit and then actually cut them to fit certainly must be a smart man. The plan of the temple is, of course, direct from God. It is built in the exact proportions of the tabernacle built by Moses in the wilderness. The only difference is that this temple is exactly twice as large as the tabernacle, and this one will have outer buildings or rooms for the priests and their offices. Just how big is the temple going to be? I believe that the exact dimensions are 110 feet long. How long is 110 feet? Oh, about as far as from here to that bush. My, that is going to be a big temple. And it's going to be 36 feet wide and 51 feet tall. You mean it's going to be taller than it is wide? Well, that's what they say. And it's going to have more than one floor. It's going to have three, in fact. Three floors, Father? What do you mean by that? Three floors or stories, one on top of the other. Well, not the temple itself, but the outer rooms for the priests. But how are they going to get up to the two upper floors? By stairways. Circular ones, I understand. Circular stairways? Imagine that. Well, would you like to see some of the furnishings? I'll arrange oh, with the guard for us to go in. That'd be fun. Yeah, This is the altar of incense that goes in the holy place just outside the door to the most holy place. It's pretty. It's covered all over with gold. That's why. Is that gold, Father? Pure gold, daughter. Is this another altar? Yes, this one is the altar that goes in the courtyard just outside the holy place. That gold doesn't look as pretty and as bright as the other one did. <laughs> That's because it isn't gold. It's bronze. What are all those big beams for? Well, some of them are for the inner court and some for the priest's building alongside of the temple proper. What are these boards for? They're for various things. Some of them, the olive wood, is for the doors of the temple. Some are for the flooring of the three stories. And some are for the floor of the inner most holy place. Well, I guess you've seen about all there is to see. It must have taken lots of work to make all these parts and things. Four years of hard labor by nearly 300,000 men. 
We saw some of them that day, digging in the clay to make that large water basin. Remember, sis? Yes. I still don't see how they make moldings in the clay. Well, don't you think we'd better go back to the temple site and watch them start the foundation? I'd like yes. to see Let's that. go. In the fourth year of Solomon's reign was the foundation of the temple laid in the second month. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Pastor Perez, are you busy? I'm just working on this week's sermon. Some would say I'm not busy enough. What can I do for you, Hannah? I got another question about prayer. I hope you don't mind me bugging you so much. Mind? If someone in my congregation wants to talk to me about something as important as prayer, are you kidding? Sit down and tell me what's on your heart. Not what, who. Okay, who's on your heart? Andrew. And who is Andrew? Only the most evil, most terrible, most awful person on earth. Wow, this sounds serious. It is. He enjoys making my life miserable. He's always starting nasty rumors about me and saying that I'm a wicked witch. Are the nasty rumors true? No. Are you a wicked witch? No. (laughs) Then what's the problem? You said that Jesus wants us to pray for our enemies. Well, I don't want to pray for Andrew. I don't like him. He makes me mad. Then you might want to pray for you. Me? Yeah. Ask God to help you become more forgiving, more loving. Ask him to show you how you can help Andrew stop being such a pain. If Jesus can pray for those who put him on the cross, you can certainly pray for someone who calls you a wicked witch. Would you like to do that right now? Sure. Will you help me? Absolutely. Dear Jesus, Hannah has a problem and needs your help. 
please come into her heart and teach her how to be more loving, even to someone like Andrew. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story shows you how great it is to have a pet and how sad it can be when a pet disappears. While Jenny and her friend Natalie search for clues about what happened to Butterscotch, Jenny learns some important lessons about forgiveness. Chapter 3, Shorty and Butterscotch. Butterscotch! A gold shape hurtled across the yard followed by a brown and white barking blur. Butterscotch disappeared behind the cars parked in the driveway with Shorty right behind her. Jenny was across the lawn before she even realized that her legs had moved. Butterscotch, come back, she shouted. Butterscotch. But as she strained to see down the street, a bulky white truck roared by. Stop, she shouted. But the truck kept going. Somewhere ahead of it, she could still hear Shorty's sharp barking. Oh, no, she wailed. Near the next cross street, the truck's red brake lights lit up. Tires squealed as it slammed to a stop. Jenny's hand covered her eyes. Dee Dee covered her ears. Tevin just stared. Oh, no, oh, no, Jenny said as she peeked through her fingers. She watched the truck door open and the driver hop out. As the man walked around in front of his truck, Jenny turned and grabbed Dee Dee. Come on, Butterscotch might be hurt. Tevin, go get my mom and yours. Shorty might be hurt, too. 
Tevin frowned and turned toward the door. As Jenny whirled back toward the street, she heard the door of the truck slam closed. Hey, hey, wait, she shouted as she and Dee Dee ran, but the truck rolled away. Jenny raced up to the spot where it had stopped and froze, afraid to look down. I don't see anything, Dee Dee said. Butterscotch? Shorty? There was no bark or meow for an answer. Jenny, I don't think they're here. Jenny dared to look around. She didn't see any broken animal bodies or blood. Butterscotch, she called. Come here, girl. By that time, Mrs. Wallace ran up. Dee Dee's dad and her uncle were right behind her. Do you see her? Mrs. Wallace asked, breathing hard. Is she hurt? I don't see her at all, Jenny wailed. Where's Shorty? Tevin called from down the street. He was walking slowly toward them. We haven't seen him, Dee Dee answered. Tevin's dad pulled a flashlight out of his pocket and walked along the edge of the street, looking into each yard. They could have been hurt, he said quietly. Then louder, he called, Shorty? Biscuit? Who's Biscuit? Dee Dee asked. Her uncle pulled out a dog biscuit. He always comes for a biscuit. He must not be nearby. I don't think Butterscotch is near either, Jenny's mom said. I'm sorry, dear. Jenny wiped off a tear. She could be scared and hiding. Then she got mad. It's that dog's fault. He chased her away. Now, Jenny, her mother said, laying a hand on her shoulder, dogs do chase cats. That's just the way it is. You know that's why Butterscotch usually stays in the house. Jenny didn't answer her. She was too busy thinking bad thoughts about Shorty. But it wasn't really Shorty's fault, like Mom said, she thought, and looked straight at Tevin. It's Tevin's fault. Then she glared at Dee Dee. Dee Dee was staring off into the darkness as if looking really hard would make Butterscotch appear. And it's Dee Dee's fault because Tevin is her cousin. If it wasn't for Dee Dee, then Tevin wouldn't be here. And if Tevin wasn't here, then his old dog couldn't have chased Butterscotch away in the first place. I'm sure Butterscotch will head for home, sweetheart, her mother said. Let's do the same thing. We can't make her come back by standing around in the street. She smiled at Jenny, but Jenny couldn't smile back. Tevin's dad walked down the street calling Shorty and waving a biscuit. As they walked across the yard, Tevin's mother scolded him. Tevin, why did you leave the car door open? Shut it right now, please. Jenny followed everyone into the house, but when they sat down to talk, she went to her room and pretended to read a book. Really, she just lay on her bed and stared at the pages. Without thinking, she reached out her hand to where Butterscotch was usually curled up against her leg. But instead of the warm fur of her pet, her fingers brushed the fake fur of her stuffed grizzly bear. Angrily, she tossed it onto the floor. Gulping back a sniffle, Jenny rolled over and stared at the ceiling. She didn't feel like visiting. She didn't feel like reading. She didn't feel like doing anything until Butterscotch came back. Jenny, her mother said softly, opening the door enough to stick her head in. Dee Dee and Tevin are leaving. Why don't you come out and say goodbye? Jenny pushed herself off the bed slowly. She would go out because her mother asked her to, but she wouldn't say goodbye. Bye, Jenny, Dee Dee said as she left. She looked puzzled when Jenny just stood there and didn't say anything back. We'll keep looking for Shorty, Mrs. Wallace called to Tevin's dad. He'll show up before long. I'm not looking for Shorty, Jenny promised herself as she changed into her pajamas and crawled into bed. I hope no one ever sees him again. Shorty deserves to be lost, but Butterscotch doesn't. It was a long time before Jenny fell asleep, and by then her pillow was wet with tears. you have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book three jenny's cat napped cat written by celeste perino walker edited and created by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com 
or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net